When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good people. Welcome A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We stream live on YouTube and Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Big Hank is back, baby. We're going to talk about why this is mad important, man. Very, very important. Also, why they shouldn't stop at Hankins. We'll jump into the film room, look at what I believe is one of his most dominant games um, of the season. Plus, in the roundup, they want to put my cousin where? I don't like it. I don't like it. Also, the Cowboys are visiting some specific players coming up in this draft that it got me thinking, you know, are they past a certain bias that they once had before? We'll get into that and more. I'm back. We had some technical difficulties uh, on multiple fronts. We had technical difficulties on the streaming front. We had technical difficulties with the uh, the computer. But hey, man, like, I, like I've been saying for a while, man, when you aren't the big letter networks and don't have the big letter network budget, these things happen to come up and, and, and affect what you do. But look, man, brush that thing off. We're going to get it popping. What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! How y'all doing this morning, man? Uh, look, the, the Cowboys are putting a bow on this offseason. And, and if I had to give a slow clap, I'm going to give them a slow clap, man, because I'm loving what they're doing in this offseason, man. Absolutely loving it. I think they're setting themselves up for success. Now it's a matter of going out there and completing it with the draft. They're also setting themselves up to look, man, take take whoever they want. I'm getting to this point, and, and I'll have my final draft take as we get closer to the draft, but they are checking all the boxes heading into the draft where they can just sit back, chill, watch the 25 picks in front of them without any type of uh, urgency. I shouldn't use the word urgency. Any type of uh, fear of who's there because there's going to be somebody there. There's always somebody there, and they're they're not backing themselves in the corner. So this has just been a fantastic offseason, an exciting offseason, and you should be happy, Cowboys Nation. All right? So... Let's jump into this roundup. Let's let's break down this signing. And then we want to hear from Mike McCarthy later on. He spoke at the owners meeting. And, you know, what Mike, he says some things that you kind of got to wait, pause. What'd you say? And, and, and take it in because he loves football. And sometimes he'll get into the football talk and he'll drop some nuggets for you. So we're going to listen to a few uh, clips from Mike McCarthy down at the owners meeting. So should be an easy show. If you want to call into the show, you can. 351-999-3787 is the call in line. Uh come on in, man. Talk to your boy. Let's get it. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Shout out to the little guys one time. 
The Cowboys yesterday or, or this week worked out Houston wide receiver Tank Dell, Nathaniel Tank Dell. Another little squirt, but an explosive little squirt out of uh, Houston, man. Look, I'm wondering if we're starting to see a bit of a shift or a bit of a non-bias to the smaller receivers. The Cowboys were never totally biased against them. I mean, they did go out and get a, a Cobb, and he's not as small. They did have a Cole Beasley and whatnot. But they, they pretty much had a stature that they liked, the physique that they liked from their wide receivers. However, though, man, meeting with Tank Dell, not meeting with Tank Dell, working out Tank Dell, meeting with Josh Downs, right? Trading for Cooks, who isn't the, he isn't five foot seven, but he's not six two either. Uh, signing T.Y. Hilton. I think they are kind of turning their noses to the old regime who kind of looked at these guys sideways. Obviously, signing Kamonte Turpin right now. They didn't use Turpin, Kellen, but they didn't use Turpin, but they brought these guys in. So I'm wondering if we're seeing a bit of a shift from that bias that they had. And Will McClay talked about. You know, one thing that he's learned throughout his career in being a scout and, and doing this for the Cowboys is that you have to understand your biases and be able to adapt. And I just think the Cowboys are looking for more uh, explosiveness out of their offense and looking for more guys. If I get them the ball right now, can they make something happen after the after the play? Because that's what this West Coast style passing concept is going to do. So shout out to them and shout out to the little guys. Looking at Steele, at left guard. Come on, man. What are we doing? Terrence Steele. I mean, we'll get into this more, I guess, on Vacha's show. But <sighs> there hasn't been too many weird things to happen this offseason. I thought they, they've been doing a fantastic job uh, addressing needs, re-signing guys, making moves. Great stuff. And then Jerry comes out, talks about still being a swing tackle. What? And then we hear that they may be looking at Terrence still at guard. What? And, and it makes sense to me. So I'm just hoping, man, this is all just talk, just trying to throw people off. Cause I've really tried to. Okay, let me listen. Let me let me let me see if this makes sense. That's what I said about the draft, right? Take the take the pick and let's see if it makes sense. This doesn't make any sense. And there's certain people that talk about Terrence Steele's pass blocking. Look, man, Terrence Steele has, has gotten much better as a pass blocker. I think he's a reliable pass blocker. Is he perfect? No. But this isn't a reason that you sit some Terrence Steele as a swing tackle or move him to left guard. But the number one reason is he's better than Tyron Smith, that right tackle. I mean, we don't got to make this difficult, man. We don't got to make this difficult. No, this is a different regime, Tom. This is this is this is Mike McCarthy's offense now. You know, this isn't Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones' offense. This is Mike McCarthy's offense. So yeah, I think it's a different regime in that department, man. Jeez, change your name back to Toxic Tom. But this this Terrence Steele thing is getting out of hand, man. I, I'm just hoping this is this is all this is all bullcrap. I'm just hoping it's all BS. And we roll out there with Terrence Steele at right tackle. Now, if Terrence Steele's not ready, then obviously you put Tyron at right tackle. But you just get your guard and draft. And let's roll, man. Stop playing. I don't really want to keep having this dumb conversation.
The biggest news, though, of the day is that the Cowboys have re-signed one of, if not their most important piece defensively, believe it or not, Jonathan Hankins, baby. I, I wanted to call him Big Bank Hank, but he ain't really get... Look, man, more money than I, I probably touch, but he ain't, he ain't get a, a bag on this one. $1.5 million is what uh, Hankins got to come back to the Cowboys. $1.5 million on one-year deal. I absolutely love this signing. Obviously, he was the one missing piece the Cowboys needed to bring back, but I don't think they should be done. Obviously, it's it's one year, so they need to have a guy for the future, or they can bring in another veteran because Big Hank was extremely important. He was brought in at the trade deadline. He showed his impact immediately, right, versus the Bears, and then he kept showing his impact. There was really only one game that the Cowboys got ran on where Hankins was, was in the game, and that was the uh, Packers game. When Hank was in the game, other than that, he was an absolute force against the run. And you notice the difference, not just in the run game, but in the linebackers play. Shout out to my guy, Professor O. He dropped this, uh, I believe it was after uh, Hankins got hurt. Jonathan Hankins' impact for the Cowboys prior to his injury. Rushing yards allowed with Hankins, 3.67 yards. Rushing yards allowed without Hankins, four and a half yards. That is a significant difference. Now, if you needed proof that, and I'm going to try to bring up this, this film real quick. If you needed proof that Jonathan Hankins is extremely important, if you needed a game, if you needed to, to go look at one game, go watch the 49ers game in the playoffs, Cowboys Nation. Go watch the 49ers game in the playoffs and you will see Jonathan Hankins, in my opinion, absolutely dominate that line of scrimmage. He was one of the main reasons, in my opinion, that the, the, the Niners could not run the ball all that effectively. I often talk about creating traffic and causing accidents for that, that position. He was doing both single-handedly, mind you. Single-handedly, sometimes, he was the guy causing and creating some of that traffic down there. They really couldn't get a whole lot going when Hankins was in the run game unless they ran away from Hankins or they threw it. They threw the ball a lot when Jonathan Hankins was in there because I, I just think that the staff looked at it and said, look, this is pointless trying to run at this man. So that's either A, run away from him, or B, just throw it when he's in the game because he's not a pass rusher. And what pissed me off when you actually go back and you watch this game was how bad Anthony Barr was. Oh, my goodness. Gee. Like, like Jonathan Hankins, and this is what doesn't show up in the box score, right? He creates for the linebackers. He he creates for the LVEs of the world, the, the Clarks of the world, the Bars of the world. He'll, get, he'll leave the door open for you. You just got to walk through it. And there were so many times in this game, I just watched the door be left open, and Anthony Barr just looked hesitant out there, or he looked lost. And that made me say, not just that, I'm sorry, but Hankins' performance in that game made me say, damn it, we need to get another Hankins. <laughs> because when Hankins is not on the field, it is clear as day in the film that there is a difference when teams run. 
Now, do, do you have to invest $20 million into it? I mean, you got to add a little bit more uh, juice from a pass rushing standpoint. You know, it's talking about a pain, right? Deron Payne type. But if you're just going to have one of those one techs that clogs up the lanes, causes traffic, and, and creates for other guys by leaving the door open, you can get another Ashawn Robinson, or you can draft a guy in, in the first day or second day, and it's still going to be cheap. But I don't think they can just let this be Hankins' job and Hankins' job only because nine times out of ten, he's probably going to get nicked up, dinged up. And when he's not on the field or when he, when he needs a blow, who's the guy coming in? Neville? Neville got pushed around. Neville's not the guy to do that. They, they you know, Neville hit the offseason peanut butter and it didn't work out. He's a tweener. Osa's a three-tech. Golson's a three-tech, five-tech. Sure, he's a run guy, but he's not put him over the center run guy line him up at one tech run guy they're going to try to bring back carlos Watkins. maybe that's their move right bring back Watkins, but but los i think is effective but he's effective differently los is not going to be effective the same way that jonathan hankins is so if that's the way they want to go uh with los so be it but i would love to bring in another dominant type of run defender to help out jonathan hankins when he's not on the field because we just saw how important he was in the playoffs. You saw how important he was when he was actually on the field. And when he wasn't on the field from the men, from those injuries. So what does a Jonathan Hankins base defense look like? It could look like this. Now there's two different base defense. And I have base in, in quotations. Because look y'all. Well Sky, this is a nickel package. Technically Yes. You know, technically, three defensive back or three cornerbacks is, is a nickel package, right? But here's the thing. The Cowboys play in this nickel package more than any other package they have on the field. So that's why I have base in quotations, right? So you could either roll this way where Micah is at the defensive end. You got Osen, Hankins, and D-Law. This could be your starting base package, again, in quotes, because they're not going to run a whole lot of three linebacker sets. They're going to run more big nickel than anything. If you want to put Mike at linebacker, you can do it this way. Micah Parsons at linebacker with LVE, Armstrong at defensive end, Osa, Hankins, and D-Law. Regardless, your defense is better now than it was last year for the sole reason you got Hankins and Gilmore to start the season. I think about that for a second. We were we were excited just to see the improvements of Big Bo, right? And drafting a fifth-round guy out of Arkansas. And, 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 and putting the peanut butter on Neville Gallimore. None of those dudes on their best day are better than Jonathan Hankins. And do we even got to talk about the, the cornerback two spot with Stephon Gilmore? I mean, he, he's probably going to be battling Trayvon Diggs for cornerback one when it's all said and done. Bars. Not saying that he's better than Trayvon Diggs, but the fact that he's, I think he's going to perform well enough to where you'd be arguing, man, Diggs, Gilmore, Diggs, Gilmore. He still got juice. We didn't have that conversation with Anthony Brown on the other side. And then Deron Bland should be your starting slot cornerback. So you got better at three positions before the season even starts, as opposed to last year where you had Anthony Brown as your cornerback too, Jordan Lewis as your slot 
and Big Bo slash Gallimore slash Watkins. And he wasn't even, Watkins wasn't even on the team at the time. As your one text. Your defense is better, ladies and gentlemen. Your defense is better. Now you can go into this draft. You can sit back. You can relax and just allow a blue chipper to fall to you. Allow a a, a first round graded guy to fall to you or just allow a guy that fits your current needs, but is the best player available at that position. You are in a prime position to go into this draft and feel excellent at 26. I love it, man. Once again, hand clap for the front office, man. Hand clap for the front office. See, we got uh, Mr. Ronnie on the horn. Let's let's get Mr. Ronnie up in here. Good morning, good sir. Hey, good morning. God bless you in the show and the family, like always. Thank you. And to Thank your you. boy, Boris Lombardi, the same thing. Listen, I want to say that I'm glad that we re-signed Jake um, Hagen back because that's going to be a very big thing that we need because the way he moves that pocket, that's going to help those um, those linebackers run free. Now, hopefully, we can pick up another D-tackle like him, and I think that will help our defense. I really do. Because, honestly, I think that our front office did a really good job so far this offseason. Sure. People can't complain. Remember, everything's not going to be perfect, but they're doing their thing. God bless you in the show, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Mr. Ronnie, a.k.a. my writing brother. I'm I'm with him. I would like to bring in a, another, he said another Hankins. Uh, oh, my bad. Let me, let, me, let me mute you there. Let me mute you there. Boom. I'd like to bring in another Hankins. He is, what are you going to be, 31, I think, in this season? He's on the other side of 30. Put it that way. Uh, so you know, there's a possibility he may get nicked up. He got he got dinged up, you know, during the season. Also, when he's not on the field, I just want somebody in there that can kind of replace what he brings to the table. So I wouldn't stop, man. And if that means Mozzie, then it means Mozzie. Whatever. Y'all know how I feel about him anyway. <laughs> Marv, you never call in this early, man. You never call in this early. Weebo said, I need a show on Sunday morning. Hey, you got you got my man's prime time for Sunday, brother. Y'all don't understand. Having the weekends off during the offseason is, is wonderful. Because during the regular season, you're working seven days a week. So having the weekends off, I need that, bro. You got me six days a week during the season. Let me get my Sunday. Marv, you never call in this early, so I'm curious what's on your mind. Did you just wake up, roll what's over, up, and call? Man? Yeah, I saw you gotcha. on No, he's You always start early. No, I don't. I'm yeah, they go drop it. Yeah. They go drop it on the D tackle. Yeah. That'll be good. Uh, which one do you think you should get? Should you get a good penetrate three tech or big another big one tech? What you think? I would love to get a get a, a run stop a run stuffing type guy. Um, whether that's a traditional sloppy one tech or a guy that's like three fifteen. Right, that that can can kind of go back and forth for both, but I, I you know look, I'm down for another another one tech type, another run stuffer that gives you some power, you know, some push in the pass game. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my, but I got a feeling that they'll they'll address this position after day one, historically speaking. Yeah, I like the guy from Wisconsin. 
Yeah, that's your guy. You'll be talking about him. I love him. He penetrates, too. He's big, powerful, and he penetrates. Or either guy from Baylor or behind Either one. Either one they get. I would hear the Pittsburgh guy. So, I'm glad you brought him up. I'm glad you brought him yeah. up. Uh, you get it? Collegiate Cansey. Yeah. I have this idea I want to run by y'all about Collegiate Cansey. I think the kid is, uh-huh. I mean, he, he he has so much talent through the roof. I brought this up in, in, in the Illuminati chat or, or roundtable chat. And I'm, I'm watching Collegiate play. And I understand, he, you know, he's a defensive tackle, undersized one. They always like to compare him to Aaron Donald. I just had this, I, I just had this thought. Why not Kalija Kansi as your strong side guy for Demarcus Lawrence, right? Like when Demarcus Lawrence is gone, why not put him out there? I think he has fan, he can defend the run at strong side defensive end probably better than he'd be able to from the interior. And I get it. You know, the quickness gives him that advantage, but shit, he just as quick on the outside against tackles too, you know? So yeah, I, 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 I hey, think outside the box. If you take a collegiate can see, you got an O side. I understand they're two different types in regards to body size, but Mike, look, not Mike McCarthy. Dan Quinn likes to move these guys around. I feel like if you had moved him outside on the edge, like they do with Osa sometimes, like they, I've seen them do it with Hankins for, for, for crying out loud, but like they do with uh, Watkins or, or they'll put different guys on that edge. I feel like if you put collegiate can see at strong side defense in, uh, I think he could be productive out there, man. And, and just hear me out. When D-Law moves on, you got Kansi as your strong side defensive end, Michael Parsons, Sam Williams, Osa Digizua. That's kind of your your young nucleus of uh, D-Line. Yeah, that's smart. Hey, I'll, just I'll, outside the if box, they, though. If they draft him, I'll be greedy. I draft him, and then I draft another one check, too. A young one check to go with him. Woo. I like that guy from Baylor. That's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like you always, not always, but that's where you want to get kind of those one specific type of dudes that aren't, in my opinion, blue shippers. You want to get those on day day three, right? You can find those yeah. day three. Yeah. Get one of the big guy. But uh, yeah, it's, everything's going good. Uh, it's kind of, I guess, uh, for that offense. Get that offense topic. I like how he's talking about that offense. That's what I was telling everybody. Who you talking about? Uh, the coach for the Cowboys. Carthy. Yeah, he's talking about his, how they run the offense. Offense is going to be dangerous, I'm telling you. And the receivers get to get to run real routes. <laughs> so that's going to be good for us. And they yeah. got some speed burners, too. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that here in a second. Uh, uh, Mar, appreciate you calling in, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yep. Appreciate it. Salute. Yeah, man. I was I wanted to run that by y'all. I was I was talking to uh, a couple of the guys about that too. I'm just trying to figure out what to do what to do with him aside from just straight up three tech. Because I mean, obviously that's what he plays. I like the kid. I think I think he's he's got. Tremendous upside in, in talent and athleticism. Just looks like a like a defensive enemy playing defensive tackle. But that could be the you know the game's changing. You know, 
The game is changing, man. All right, let's talk about this offense. Let's get into what Mike McCarthy was saying uh, at the owners' meetings. Boom. Bow. There we go. At the owners' meetings when he sat down. We heard Stephen Jones. We heard Jerry Jones. And we had yet to get a chance to talk to Mike McCarthy. Well, we as in the media. And they asked him a lot of questions. He spoke for about 24 minutes. I only grabbed about three clips. The clips that I thought were very, very interesting. And the first one, they asked Mike McCarthy about the changes in the offense. And if there was going to be any huge changes. Well, he specifically talked about one part of the offense. And he left out another, which to me, told me all I need to know. But uh, let's listen to McCarthy speak on if there's any changes to the offense. Yeah, I, I, I don't see a huge change in the, in the run in the run component of it, uh, you know, schematically, and you know. But you know, I think it's just like anything, if you if you put three play callers in one room and looking game the same playbook, they're all going to call it a little differently. So I, I, that's I think that's to be expected. That's to be expected. Um, that was real quick, but one of the things that stood out right there: three player, three play callers in the same room. They're going to call it differently. This kind of is a, I won't say a shot at Kellen because the other there's one later on that's about a shot at Kellen. But when we talk about calling plays, a lot of the times it's about the how and when to as opposed to I got a bunch of good plays. You can always have a bunch of good plays, but but the flow of the game matters. And I think McCarthy, I, I just flat out think he was fed up with it. Uh, Stephen Jones talked about how he was adamant. That was the word he used, adamant to call plays this season, meaning he probably was just sick and tired of seeing this herky-jerky uh, flow to the game. I don't think he was a fan of it. And I've said this a bunch of times. I don't. I didn't have an issue with some of the plays that Kellen had. I had an issue when he deployed him. I had an issue with how he deployed him and the consistency in which he did. There never felt like there was an actual philosophy to what he was doing. I think McCarthy is trying to change that. Now, he talked about how there wasn't going to be a huge change in the run game, but he left out the passing game concept. And I think he left that out because that's going to be a change. I think you'll see the West Coast offense get more involved uh, for the Cowboys and, and Schottenheimer and McCarthy. And they went on to ask him about, you know, the language changes that there was going to be any and Brian Schottenheimer's, you know, experience in the West Coast. And again, when, when McCarthy gets to talking football, he, he can't help but bring up the West Coast. That's how you know it's going to be some influence. But uh, this is McCarthy talking about uh, how Schottenheimer understands the West Coast and how there's not going to be much language change aside from a few West Coast things. Here he is. Well, the only language change that we'll, that we'll make is, is to the new things. And, and, and we've been very sensitive to you know, how things were called before, you know, I mean, because, you know, because you've got two guys that, that, you know, that have been in the West Coast offense, and Brian Schottenheimer and I, um, you know, and the beauty of Brian, he's also coaching a digit system, and, you know, and Brian is, you know, has his own, you know, playbook to say, uh, which is a combination of both. So that, that, oh, okay, this has been a very good, very good fit. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think the new wrinkles that we have will probably be, terms that we feel fit the current terminology or if it's brand new we may use some of the west coast terminology just because there's history see i'm i'm huge into the history of concepts just fortunately 
being the same offense for 30 years, you know, when you when you say flanker drive, or, you know, you you say double, you know, pinch. Or, I mean, those concepts are more than just routes and a and a read for the quarterback. So, you know, I mean, there's every play has history. You know, when it came into the league, what it was primarily used. You know, we have, we have a thing we call PCP. It's you know the the player play expectation and what we want out of each play. So, you know, it's and I think it's just locking that down a little tighter. I think it'll be it'll be helpful for us. It'll be helpful for us. I, I agree. I saw somebody in the chat say if, if Kansas was 6'2", 6'3", maybe. So one inch would change your mind? Come on, man. Come on. But, uh, yeah, he he absolutely loves, 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 loves talking the history of the West Coast because it's successful. And a lot of court, quarterbacks talk about how the West Coast has helped them out. And I don't want to go too far left, but this whole Lamar Jackson thing coming up and everybody's kind of putting him in a box of he's just he's just a runner he's just gonna be a running back quarterback uh he talked about how the west coast offense actually helped him as a quarterback he talked not he um aaron Rodgers talked about how he believes the west coast offense is is the best offense created and there's different variations there's modern versions there's tweaks there's so much you can do go look at if you want to look at a super modern version you go look at what andy Reid's doing in, in kansas city i think mccarthy knows from a passing game concept that this West Coast offense style is going to help Dak out. It's going to help the receivers out, which obviously is going to help out the entire offense. And, and I think, and he talked about the efficiency later on in this, in this uh, not necessarily our interview, but in his interview, he talked about how he wanted the efficiency to go up. And I, and I think it will because that's what this offense does. It makes you uh, become efficient as long as you got the guy to do it. And, and, and Dak Prescott is easily the quarterback to do that. I mean, we've seen guys like Brock Purdy, you know, come into a West Coast style offense and be able to be efficient because it's made easier for you. And that's just an extreme ism in regards to Brock Purdy. But there's been so many in between that have, you know, been aided by having this style of offense. He also talked about ball distribution and 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 how that will look without Ezekiel Elliott. And it kind of reminded me back when week one or two or something like that, where he said, I, if it was me, would have a play sheet for Zeke, a play sheet for TP, a play sheet for CD Lamb, a play sheet for his playmakers. So here's uh, McCarthy on ball distribution and how it will look replacing Ezekiel Elliott. But just look at Zeke's opportunities. You know, I just, I'll speak on just my time with him the last three years. So where do those touches go? And, you know, it's, and, you know, so much of this game is made about how many times you're running or passing, but it's really, how do you get the ball just distributed to your perimeter players? So, and it's no different with Tony. I mean, Tony, you know, it's, and frankly, sitting there and having Tony and Zeke, you know, that was the conversation in the offensive staff game plan meetings is how are we going to get these guys to touch the ball, you know? And so, you know, that won't change. So you just look at where those touches go. Do some of them touches go to the, the receiver tight ends? I mean, uh, the, you know, the new backs, I'll definitely absorb some of those opportunities. Maybe Tony's will go up. So ball distribution has always been my focal point, uh, because particularly because when you have 70 plays in a game, if you're not getting the ball distributed 75% of those plays, then you know, you're playing uphill to the defense. And then he will go on and talk about uh, not just ball distribution, but the secret sauce. This is the one everybody was, was going on about uh, in regards to the secret sauce, which was a shot at Kellamore. I mean, football is a, 
it's an easy game. If you want your guys to play faster, give them less responsibility. So, and and that's where and and that's where the secret sauce is in putting together, you know, putting together a good offensive system is the ability to to be multiple, uh, to have the variations to protect your core concepts, make sure the balls get distri distributed to your perimeter players, uh, make sure you're giving guys the opportunities that fit their skill set. And, and with that, you know, it makes it it makes it easier and cleaner for the quarterback. One hundred percent. Like like Mike Mike sat there and watched for three years this offense get weird. I mean, I said it for three straight years. This offense getting weird, man. Because I don't ever think it had a rhyme or reason. It didn't dribble with a purpose, and it wasn't easy for anyone. You know, I often go back to talking to 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 Will Greer about that, and now we see guys like the young wide receivers who couldn't grasp these things uh the semis or the uh, uh tobers of the world this offense thrived at its best when it had its amari coopers out there it's gallops who's been in the league for a while and healthy and then you throw a rookie in there to be a part of the a part of this whole thing a veteran uh a cue that was healthy a, a a run game that was efficient when they decided to use it and when they weren't herky jerky in critical moments it just took way too many things to always have to click for this offense to have any goddamn rhyme or reason. I think the what makes coaching matter is when these things are weird, when things happen, injuries, whatever. Do you have something you can fall back on? We didn't. I think we will with this West Coast style passing concept, this West Coast style offense, and it'll make everything easier for everybody, man. Will this offense be the number one scoring offense? Probably not. I mean, I don't think it needs to be. I don't think it needs to be. I just think it needs to be efficient. I think it needs to be continue to be good in the red zone. Um, it needs to be productive in this short and intermediate game, meaning you need these guys to get the ball quickly and, and get some yak after. And that will open up the deep shots. Let's get uh, DJ on the horn. What's good, DJ? Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Scott, on this glorious morning. How are you, sir? Fantastic. How are you? Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So, now, I, I have no wants for the offseason anymore, brother. I ain't got nothing left. Whatever they do now, hey, just yeah. cream on the top. They got my boy Hankins. So, I'm set. Whatever you want to do from here on out, you do. Uh, I'm not saying they don't need or we couldn't fill in some stuff, but all the major wants and requirements that I have for this offseason, they fulfilled and they've done um, with, a, with, with more than just the smallest the microcosm of it was just everything that we all the way down from the cooks to the Gilmore. Now they got Hankin, whatever else they do from this point forward. I'm, hey, whatever. Hey, you got it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's other things we, we would like to see them do, but right now they can line up and play. Right. And, and not just line up and play with, with bodies. They can line up and play with some dudes. And that's what you love about it. But you would like to see them, you know, attack the guard position. You like to see them add some more depth at linebacker, but those things, those things can be had with the third wave of free agency. Those things can be had via the draft as well. So yeah, they definitely set themselves up extremely well. Well, yeah. And I guess my, my biggest thing was, you know, you have 22, right? Like you said, you can line up and play. Um, and you always have to have the depth conversation, but um, the the wide receiver two, the cornerback two, um, the D tackle, um, it was all addressed. And so now, again, you, you, they're going to do what they normally did before this off season um, at the change of pace that they did. Um, they're going to do 
they're, they're going to fill it out, which fine. We 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 understand that now. With uh, what you just said, my last thing I'll let you go. The, with uh, what you just showed with uh, Mike McCarthy and all that kind of stuff, of course he was taking the shots. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was something that if if you really listen to it, I guess it's almost like he's wanted to run this since he's been there, and he's always had some kind of hoop to jump through or uh, checks and balances, and and he wasn't really getting uh, treated like a, a head coach. Jerry. And now he's kind of flexing a little bit on exactly what it was going to be. Um, so you can see that he can kind of breathe now a little bit, at least from the, like how it sounded to me on on the comments. I didn't see his facial expression or anything because I was on the phone, but uh, it definitely it definitely was. You can you can see Mike McCarthy just kind of flexing a little bit on on what his direction is going to be and a little bit more relaxed on what he, his answers are even more comfortable now. Yeah, he said uh, weeks ago, you know, this is the most fun I've had since I've been here, and he's talking about from a coaching standpoint because he's now the guy in those meeting rooms putting these things together where he was kind of and that had to suck, right? Where you're the head coach of the team, you're an offensive guy. I was winning Super Bowls when you were still, you know, drinking out of a bottle, Kellen Moore. You know what I'm saying? And, and I have to sit back and listen to what you think is best for this team. And, and I think that kind of, you know, he, it, it sucked the fun out of it for him. And now he's like, all right, I can get back to doing what, you know, I love to do. And that's putting these offenses together and uh, taking in, you know, the, the new information that I have since the last time I called plays. So you, you could definitely tell that he's fired up and ready to go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, whether that's to the benefit or the detriment, we don't know yet, right? But yeah. um, at least with that, when when you're teaching something that you're comfortable with and excited about, um, it's a lot easier to get that that message across. So hopefully, he'll he'll bring that, and um, you know, they they maximize their opportunities next season. Indeed, DJ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I'll let you go. You have a great morning. Uh, you know, just keep the excitement going, brother. Good show. Appreciate you, brother. Salute. Yes, sir. Yeah, damn right, we should be excited. Interesting, I saw in the chat app and to look over, somebody said uh, the move for Gilmore was great, but not so much for Cooks. Would love to hear why you think adding a consistent 1,000-yard receiver that's been in multiple offenses, still not even 30 yet, a burner, a route runner, to play opposite of or opposite of Lamb is not considered a good move to you. Curious. Drop that. Let's talk. Uh, Reek. Let's go, Reek. Hey, what's going on, Sky? Good morning, everybody. Uh, Cowboy Nation. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I like what's going on, man. Um, they they making some moves, like, you know what I mean. And at yeah. the same time, uh, Mike McCarthy's um handcuffed. Uh, they took the cuffs off him. And that's a good thing uh, for this for this organization because uh, the last couple of years he's been him he been seeping his culture on onto the Cowboys slowly. Uh, he he I'm glad he did what he did uh, for uh, with Keller Moore because he didn't allow Keller Moore to do what the what uh, the Cowboys did to Wade Phillips to him. Uh, he was basically like, yeah. He, he was like, got him up out of there. He install it, you call it. So I respect, I, I respected it. I already seen what was going on. So as he said that, he said, hey, uh, if if it was me, 
I got my wide receiver, my star wide receiver. We have a sheets and stuff for them. We have a specific place for my star wide receivers when Coop was here. Yeah. He he knew we was under using uh, utilizing Amari Cooper, and I know that was pissing him off because he seemed like the type of dude to probably pick up something and throw some furniture around. He probably wanted to put Kelly Moore in the head like a couple times up in over there in uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, but he, you know he had to hold his uh, composure. I think Cooper would have been and, fantastic in the West Coast uh, type of offense. Oh my goodness! Come on, man. We we seen this dude with four wide receivers over there in Green Bay, and they all did their thing. You know, they, even some, even when some of them left, some of them had pretty good careers when they left Green Bay. And you know, uh, yo man, I, I like the fact that that uh, Mike McCarthy sat back and was being calculated by everything because I really believe some of the stuff that Keller Moore was running, he's gonna take some of those plays and he's gonna run them better than what the hell Keller Moore did in, in certain situations because. Those three tight end sets, that was that was some good sets, man. And and we didn't run them. We we, we just stopped running them because this dude want to be goofy and think that he's smarter than every goddamn body and just do stuff that doesn't work all the time instead of doing the stuff that works and keep, and continue doing it and continue growing up of that. Yeah. If he would have continued growing up of plays like that, who knows what this offense would be. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm glad Mike – did it his way, now he get to do it his way. But at the same time, he got to watch his back because Stephen Jones seemed like this type of person, like, all right, you got my guy up out of here. I'm going to give you almost everything that you want, but you and Dak, you better do your thing. Because if you don't, that, that, was, that was my turn. But that ain't watching back. That's, that's look, that's expectations. You know, you, you got to get it. Is. You got to get it. This is on you. You wanted, you wanted this. You need to get it done. And if it doesn't get done or if it looks worse, yeah, I'm going to be coming back looking at you. So, so I think rightfully so. Yeah. If that, if that's how you believe, if Stephen Jones is is looking at it that way, rightfully so. This is Mike McCarthy's baby now. So, so it's time to turn yeah. it up. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at that. I'm not saying I'm mad at that, but what I'm saying time too. I know you, you know because he's gonna because both of them because they're gonna judge how Mike McCarthy runs this team this year and what Keller Moore they're gonna be still peeping over there at Keller Moore what he's doing over there in San Diego and I just hope that once we see San Diego I mean uh, not San Diego uh the LA Chargers this year I hope Mike McCarthy open up the whole bag and beat the hell out of the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that be like his Green Bay game. Since he, since he lost that Green Bay game for him, he gonna beat the shit out of his ass and shut him down. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they say better look next time, kid. You, you know what, what I mean? Uh, I, I I think so. It ain't go. So I think Dan. I think Dan Quinn gonna tear Kellen Moore. I think he gonna tear him up. I do. I think. We, look, we already saw mm-hmm. what the Cowboys did to Justin Herbert. You know, two years ago in L.A. Uh, where he only scored 20 points through, should have been three interceptions, but through two interceptions. That was with a worse defense in the first year. Mm-hmm. This defense, way better. Austin Eckler don't want to beat her no more. Kellen Moore gets super pass happy. They won't run these option routes over there. By all means, go right ahead, man, because now we got two 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 cornerbacks that can clamp you down. So I think I think Dan Quinn got something for him. Yeah, I I think they both do, man. I honestly do, man. I really believe that they got both. They both got some of their sleeves for him on that game. I know they got that circle, yeah. double circle, though. Make it out of there. But you you know, um, 
from, from what they're doing, I gotta give the Cowboys their respect, man. They re-signed a lot of their guys that was impact players last year, and they added they added a couple people on in trades and stuff like that. And I I still feel like they aren't done. And uh, like I was telling um Boss Cowboy a couple nights ago, man, I said, yo, man, if if they if they ace this draft, like I, I think that they can. If they ace this draft all the way, man. We're going to be something to mess with. I think we're something to mess with right now, but yeah. I think we could put a little extra toppings on top. But I'm going to get up off this phone and let somebody else come up here. My man. All right, Sky, I'll let you play. Peace. Appreciate you, Rick. Hey, look, I don't – it's going to be really hard for them to mess this draft up. It's going to be really, really hard for the Cowboys to mess this. I mean, this would have to be Taco Charlton all over again. Because there's going to be guys sitting there that that can can play a specific role early in their careers, early in the draft. Now, once you start getting to day two, right, third round picks and whatnot, you're, you're probably looking at more special teams, reserve guys, guys you want to eventually become starters. That's how I look at it. I look at third round picks as, look, I want you to eventually become a starter. Uh, if I'm looking at it from a general standpoint, when you look at it from the Cowboys lens prior to how they acted, you need to get third round pick to play now. That's just kind of how they, you know, did things before they added guys like a Gilmore, guys like a uh, uh, Cooks in the building. But I usually look at third round. I'm not really expecting you to start right now, but at some point I would like for you to start because that's still, in my opinion, a, a pretty premium pick. Um, but I don't think third. Look, look, I don't think by the time you get to the third round, unless it's a running back, who's starting? Like that, the Cowboys are in such a great position right now. Maybe guard if they t- if they go guard third round. That if they went about this the right way offensive line wise, if they, you know this old Terrence still swing tackle crap. But if they rolled out Tyron Tyler and then Terrence, technically you got a starting lineup. I don't want to do that. But guard defensive tackle maybe because I'm not there ain't no defensive tackle. I'm probably going to bench Jonathan Hankins for to start the season. Uh, but there's not too many positions that you're going to draft a dude and they start immediately and, and going to be Micah Parsons for you. You know what I'm saying? So they put themselves in fantastic position to add not only like future guys to the core, but but guys that can be that can come in, be a part of a rotation, and then the future core of the offense or defense, whoever they decide to pick in, in 26. And at this rate, man, it, again, it's going to be hard for me to throw my pen down, man. It really is. And that's even if they take tight end. Even if they do that, it's going to be hard for me to be be upset. Unless somebody else is on the board. Like, to, to, to really snap out on them. They in a good position, man. Fantastic position. I am going. I, yeah, you're right. They can mess. They can tackle Charlton. They can tackle Charlton this thing. I get it. I get it. Uh, tie boat or tow boat tie tie boat. Drop one, happen to catch it. Super chat. He said, our number twos are so good, they have the potential to put up more more or close to equal production as Lamb and Diggs. In years, they have contracts on the line. Competition forces us to be our best. Oh, hell yeah. Do I have that drop still? I sure do. Boom, bow. Give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. I feel you, Ty. I feel you. Our number twos are fantastic. Boy, yeah, you you definitely on your toxic ish today. My goodness. What's it going to take? Uh, 301, what's goody? 
Um, yes, I wanted to see what you think. Um, I'm a big guy on like targets and receptions, right? Okay. So I was looking at, uh, I call him Noah, catch it with your body brown, and, um, and looking at Michael Gallup. Okay. Um, Michael Gallup has about, I wanted to say it was 55% of receptions when he's targeted. And then Noah has about 58%, and neither one is really a good route runner. I was looking at this guy um, that we just got, and it looks like he's around 63 64% in terms of receptions. And then Dak, uh, for his career, slightly under 68% receptions. So I was thinking, and this is just my thought on it, that because they're not good route runners, this guy Cook is, that Dak's going to have a bounce back year and that because we, you know, we're using guys that basically aren't really catching the balls that are being thrown to them. Sometimes Dak is off. Sometimes they're not running the route. Um, probably a combination of both, but I'm thinking that we're going to have a better year based on that alone. And I wanted to see what you thought about how um, someone can have such a high uh, completion percentage but deal with someone that, you know, has like a lower uh, reception percentage and what way you think that might, you know, affect that going forward. Oh, good stuff. Well, first of all, I just think that he's a good quarterback. Like he's, he's good. So he's going to be able to sometimes overcome, you know, not having or having Noah Brown out there all the time. When I say overcome, I mean, from a statistical standpoint, uh, contrary to popular belief, your quarterback is not some inaccurate quarterback. Like that is a myth. He's not inaccurate, uh, but you'll get a lot of fans that say that. Uh, as In regards to Michael Gallup, he's been a career guy who doesn't really come down with all the balls because he's either a 50-50 jump ball guy, he's a contested catch guy, he's a not get a bunch of separation, go downfield. So his numbers aren't going to be great when it comes to catch percentage. Um, and I'm with you. I do think getting a guy like a Cooks when he had a, a Namari Cooper, and I do think CeeDee Lamb can be a fantastic route runner on the uh, – the uh, intermediate and deep level when you got guys like that, that's going to help any quarterback out. So I definitely think when you combine having cooks and you combine the system that he's going to have, you'll see him be more efficient. That's the term I'm going to use is efficient because 60, I think what 7% or something like that. What was he? Was it 67% last year? Completion. Some, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's actually pretty damn good. Now, nowadays you're seeing guys creep into the seventies, because you're getting a little bit more of that, the, the quick dump offs, right? The short passes, and, and that's going to, you know, increase the play action rollout. It's going to increase the percentage. Uh, so I think that's what Mike McCarthy said. He wants to see that go to 70%. And I think the West Coast offense is going to allow him to do that. Yeah. And as far as I know you were talking about the draft, I, I like this guy. Um, I think his name is Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Or maybe even Zay Flowers. Yeah, yeah. Either one of them. And then I like that guy. I heard another caller talking about the guy from Baylor. I think, what is it? Isaka? Ayaka? Um, like 6'5", 348 pounds. I, I like them, them to be able to get them. What would you think about that? Yeah, Siaka Ika, day three type of guy uh, for, for me. Um, who was the other guy you said? Oh, Hyatt? Uh, well, I- Hyatt, yeah, and even Zay Flowers, you know, somebody can take the top uh, off that defense. Well, sir, I'm a uh, number one Zay Flowers fan. I'll, I'll have I'll throw a party if they took Zay. 
But I don't think they're going to take a wide receiver <laughs> in, in round one. Shit, they might not take one in round two. Well, they might take one in round two. They're out of position, man, where they could just sit back and let the best guy fall to them. And if it happens to be a receiver, then so be it. But but they got Cooks to take the top off, I think, this year. Um, and clearly they're looking at mm-hmm. other guys. They they looked at Josh Downs. They looked at Tank Dell. So they're, I don't think they're done trying to get some explosive weapons to take the top. Maybe they use Turpin a little bit more. But, you, you know, we they could be on to something in regards to add more explosiveness to take the top off, for sure. Yeah. Hey, man, really like the show and uh, really respect your point of views. Thank you. Um, hope you have a good day. And, of course, I'll be listening. My God. Appreciate it. What's your name? Bryant. Bryant. I got you in here, Bryant. Appreciate you calling. Yep, I'll be calling back, man. You have a good one, man. Go Cowboys. Yes, sir. You as well. Go Cowboys. Fantastic questions, man. Fantastic questions. Uh, the whole Michael Gallup thing, uh, I think it was somebody on Twitter who talked about how from a separation standpoint and catch percentage standpoint, he's like in the hundreds, you know, out of like 150, he's in the hundreds in regards to that throughout his career. And that's why I never really view Gallup as, you know, one B type of receiver. To me, he was always three or two B type of receiver. Uh, part of not, hey, I got Gallup. I don't need to do X, Y, Z anymore. I never viewed him as that guy. He's kind of a specialty guy, has a handful of routes he can do, can be a super red zone weapon. And clearly, the front office doesn't believe he's that guy. And they, they understood they made a mistake trying to make him into that guy coming off of an ACL with that. When Michael Gallup can focus on doing the things he's best at, Michael Gallup can be the best Michael Gallup. Two four zero. What's goody? Hello? Yes, sir. You are live. Oh, my bad, bro. I didn't even hear you. Oh, you good. Hey, good. Bro, man. First time. First time caller, man. I listen to you all the time, man. Appreciate all the content. I'm 48. I think I'm a little older than you, but I also got to tell you, man, I appreciate all the wrestling, <laughs> uh, all the wrestling sound effects, man. Take me back in the day, man. But uh, two things, man. I'm just real excited about, you know, all the moves, you know what I'm saying, uh, that we made all season, you know. Uh, Hank is my my biggest resign. Mm. That run that run defense, man. I mean, you know, Dono was big and LBE and all that was big, but my stopping that run, they wasn't doing that. They 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 didn't even really account for anything. We want stopping that run a few games, man. When you go ahead, no, I was just I was just getting excited hearing you talk about Hankies, man. Because when you really put on you know put on a tape, you see his importance, man. And 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 honestly. I'm excited about the return of Hankins, but I'm also nervous if that's if that's all they do. I want them to keep attacking the importance of that position, man. I truly do. I was just about to just follow up with that and ask you. Um, I think I heard you a couple of days ago mention his name, man. I still want to get Ashawn Robinson. He's still out there. He's still out there. Yeah. I think that'll be huge, man. I think I think we pick up Ashawn Robinson, man. That'll be huge and. And, I mean, I'm really, uh, like I said, I'm a little older, so, you know, this is the first time in years, man. I'm really feeling like, man, we really got a chance to win this game, that big game this year, man. You know what I'm saying? Baby so steps. I'm, I'm ba- real confident with that. Baby steps. So, Baby look, steps. <laughs> look, let's say this. Let's, let's say this. This is the first time in years I've been extremely excited about what they've done in the off in the offseason, right? 
Like I'm gonna say that, and I'm gonna save I'm gonna save the other stuff for the season because we we seen too many times you get to the season weird things happen, right? But for, for damn sure they put themselves they set themselves up to go into the season as one of the best teams in the entire National Football League. That's true. I, I, I can go with that. I can go with that. I put, I put the Kool-Aid down for a little I'm just bit. trying to I'm just, I'm just trying to help you out here, brother. We done been down this path too much. We done been down this path too much, man. No, I you really can... have, but honestly, though, honestly, though, Scott, I haven't. I'm going to uh, just dive right into it. I haven't really watched the Bengals this year. Yeah. And I've really haven't, since the 90s, really been like, all right, we're going back to the Super Bowl. We're going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, even if you got some good teams in the last few years, and you know what I'm saying, but this year just re-signing Because we had a great team last year, man, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like the biggest issue offensively, we got rid of Kellen Moore, and we, 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 we upgraded our number two receiver spot tremendously. And then our, our number two corner spot, we upgraded that tremendously, and I feel like we re-signed all the key pieces, and now we got McCarthy. He won the Super Bowl call and plays, man. I like to see what you know how that's going to look, man. But but before I go, I know you got rocking callers, man. Before I go, man, I just wanted to touch on all the Dak haters, man, and just listen, man. The guy, thirty-eight and ten. He had thirty-eight touchdowns, ten interceptions, and what did we do to help him out in the following? Took away his number four receiver. And he first game of the year, he has a thumb injury. You know what I mean? So we replaced his receiver with Noah Brown and then Michael Gallup coming off of a knee. I think that Dak was just set up to fail last year. And I ain't making no excuse for him. You know, he made some bad throws. And I'm not making no excuse for him at all. But I think it's going to be a huge back, bounce back year for Dak, man. And go Cowboys, man. And uh, once again, man, love your show, man. Love all your content, man. And. How about them Cowboys, bro? Appreciate you, my guy. Great call, and uh, appreciate your support. All right, no problem, man. Clebo from D.C., and I will call back there. Clebo from D.C., let me put you in there. Debo or Clebo? Clebo. C-L-E-E-B-O. Clebo. Well, it sounds it sound like Debo, so next time you call in, you're, gonna get, you're getting the theme music. <laughs> All right, Clebo from D.C., Chocolate City. My man. Appreciate you, bro. Salute. Clebo slash Debo from DC. Hey, man. Like it. Vach in the building. What's good, bro? Make sure y'all tune in later. We back. We back and better than ever, as my guy Mike Greenberg would say. Uh, I'm going to let Vach explain yesterday's, man. Proud of my... My boy, man. It's my guy. Uh, see, y'all talk about my age, y'all, y'all crazy. I knew that was gonna happen. As soon as he said, "I'm a little older than you, man," forty eight, I said, like, "Oh shit, here we go." <laughs> but yeah, he was saying some good things in there, man. Appreciate you. Let's get Twan from Connecticut in the building. What's good, Twan? What's good, Scott? How you doing, baby? Man, I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy what the Cowboys is doing, man. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I haven't I haven't seen the Cowboys do this good in a long time. Man. Not this like not this early. Time. They look, put it this way. Not no, not at all. This is the week they would start free agency. Like right now. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. So so now we go best player in the draft, am I correct? Yep, yep. 
Yep. Now, B, I always say best player per position and need or what have you. Now, the needs just need you just need to kind of refocus your lens on what need is. Need may no longer mean immediate need. Need may no longer mean I need a starter. Uh, you just got to refocus it. But don't get it twisted. No matter how good your team is heading into the draft, there's always a need somewhere. It's just a matter of how you perceive what that need is. So I'm BPA of need. Not just flat out the best guy on the board. Because what if the best guy on the board is a is a is a damn uh fullback? What if the best guy on the board is a quarterback? Like, you're not really gonna do that right, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm still leaning towards getting a running back on line a wide receiver. Like I'm I'm strictly towards leaning towards offense for the first for the for the first round, honestly. Trenches. You man. you and you and Rock like no like Trent. Trenches, trenches is where we need to go. So, so, so this is why I feel like we need to go off. We need to go off this line. You and Vach like, what's 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 the kid name? Mozzie. I'm not too big of a fan of Mozzie. I'm not even gonna lie. Fair enough. Um, I would rather take Vach. don't like him. I want the um the lineman from um Florida. What's his name? Osiris Torrance. Osiris Torrance. I want him. Gibbs. Yeah, one of the receivers, man. Honestly, honestly. Uh, I'm just not a f- so so. Torrance and Avila to me are guys that are need, right? That's position of need, and and I would be curious yep. where they got them on their draft board, uh, because I I, I look at them as kind of like round round two guys, but once you're at picking at 26, say really? Torrance, say Avila, yeah, I do. I, I don't I don't really view them as as day one dudes, but when I say day one, I mean first round grades, but there's only like 12 to 15 of them probably. But this is where you don't want to get too cute, right? Like say, and we're just going to play guessing game. Say Torrance or Vila is 36 on your board. You're picking at 26. You get kind of wiped out of the guys that you consider first round grades. And now you're staring at a technically a position of need. If the Cowboys looked at it that way and took them, I'm not going to sit here and throw my pen down because, again, I'm going to rationalize the decision and understand we do need a guard, right? Uh, but yeah. the, the, the whole talk then comes back to, well, who else is on the board and how could they have helped us um, on the team? I, I personally like Schmidt's better, you know, I, I, because I like, I like the versatility he brings. Uh, I think come in, help you at guard now, and then and then slide over to center if, if they decide to not pay Tyler Biotis. True. And, I, and down, I ain't gonna lie, down, down the road, I think we should pay Tyler Biotis. That's a conversation we might have to have. We might have to have one of these days. Nobody talk about it. He in a contract year. That's a big That's a big deal. No, definitely, definitely is. But no, I appreciate you, Scott. I'm glad y'all back today, for real, for real. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Damn, I didn't even notice. As I'm talking, all y'all coming through here. I'm supposed to lock these phones up. Wait, one. Ah, right, we gonna we gonna smooth through these things. Yeah, man. Look, I'm not, I'm not. And I had this conversation with with bro the other day. I, I said, I think I let the hype. I ain't, I ain't let the hype. But the hype, 100. percent soured me on this when i say the hype i mean on the vila i was kind of like man y'all hype this man up and, and, it, and, it, and it soured it a little bit for me but then i had to all right take take that off take the bias away you're, you're, you're being biased because you're not excited from the hype and just kind of look at the player and, and i came away i do think he's a second round graded type of player 
that does really well, you know, as a pass blocker. I was underwhelmed in the run game. And and I think I wonder if that was more to do with TCU, their offense. It really wasn't, a, a, in my opinion, an offense that is going to feature your, your offensive line in the run department that much. So does he have the temperament? Seems like it. And with Osiris, to me, he got the body. He's got the size. I think he does have the demeanor, but it's a matter of can he keep that demeanor on? It just it looked weird sometimes where he can look dominant and then he just seemed like I don't care. He's bored or or what have you. So what is his mental like with Osiris? And you could poke you could poke holes in all these dudes for sure. And the Cowboys are at 26, which is again, I'm gonna keep saying it to the day of the draft. He's sitting at 26. You you, you ain't gonna have the pick of the litter like you would in the top 10. You're you're gonna be at the mercy of the board. Yeah, I haven't used the Vecna in a minute. I might have to, man. We got a lot of callers. All right, let's get through it. Let's get through it. 469, what up? Hey, what's up with it, Scott? What's goody? Hey, I was just I was just trying to see if you uh if you agree, it only makes sense that we draft a wide receiver cornerback again, Because uh in every position in every position that we got, like it's like either a contract here coming up or somebody getting wrong with too. So, so you you can't can't hear you that well. Kind of sound like you got me on speaker or something. Uh, hold on, I got you in my headset. I'm at work. Hold on. Makes sense. Hello. Yep. No, nah, but I was just saying, like you know, in every position, you know, uh, we got CD Lamb contract coming up, and then uh, Trayvon Diggs, and then you know, uh, yeah. like D Law, he's getting old. Doesn't wouldn't you think it only makes sense that we draft first round in one of those positions? Well, I think you put yourself in position to not have to reach for a wide receiver or wide receiver or corner. Um, I, look, D- Diggs is yeah. going to be here. I mean, but like whatever, uh, the best one that falls to you know what I mean. It, look, man, if 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 your number one receiver falls to you, or your, or your number two receiver falls to you, and your number two receiver is your best player on the board, you you can you can make an argument for it. But from a receiver standpoint, they technically are good for the next two years if they look at Michael Gallup as part of the future, like. Because Michael Gallup has a contract, obviously. C.D. Lamb has the yeah. fifth-year option, so he's here for the next two more seasons at the very least. And then, obviously, Cooks has two more years. So you can look at it that way. Like I'm good for two years at the position if they view Michael Gallup as a future. Corner, you can, you can make a more of an argument for corner because Gilmore's not going to be here uh, probably after next year. And mm-hmm. it looks like Bland's going to be the slot. So you can make that argument for sure at cornerback. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight you on that one. Defensive end, I'm all about if a, if a, if a, if a if a, a mother effer fall to you as a pass rusher at 26, you would yeah. not find me snapping out about taking that. Get, uh, more the merrier when it comes to pass rushers. You know the the Nolan Smiths of the world. They they looking at you at 26. Come on, man, let's go. Makes so much. You know that's how I feel. Like like first round, if a good pass rusher is there, I'd always take it over a guard just because. You know, guards don't really make as much money. We can sign a guard for cheap and we can find a good pass rusher for. Oh, I'm with you. I am with you 100%. There's not a chance I'm taking any of those guards if a if a better pass rusher is on the board. No, sir. I'll get I'll get me a guard on day two. And, and look, I, I, I'm no O-line guru, but just my opinion here, I feel like guard is kind of that position that translates a little bit easier to an offensive line. I think center is one of the more difficult ones because of all the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Tackle is tackle is tough. You're going up against the best guys in the National Football League. Where guard, while I'm not knocking how difficult it is to play in the league, I feel like you can kind of plug a guy. If he's going to be your fifth best guy on offensive line, 
it doesn't have to always be a first round pick. It can be somebody on day two or yeah. day three that fits around your your beast of a young guy in Tyler Smith, your beast of a young guy in Terrence, your Hall of Famer in Zach, yeah. and your steady center in Ty, Tyler Biotish. So yeah, I'm with you, bro. Pass rest over a guard all day and tomorrow. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind taking a ta- uh, uh, offensive tackle too, but I just don't feel like it's we'd have another Tyler Smith falling our lap again. It's not this year, at least, from where we drafting that. Depends how they view the Tennessee kid. It depends if Anton Harrison falls. You know, there's some guys out there, but you they may not fall to us. You're right, they might not fall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they'd fall just because teams need them so bad. Hey man, good stuff. Appreciate, you, man. appreciate you calling in. Let's let's get to the to these other callers, man. Appreciate it. Salute. Real good stuff from four six nine. Let's get four oh four. What's up? What's up, Scott? It's for Phil Rue, man. What up, though? You hear me? This who? What's going on? Sports Guru nine five. Oh, Sports Guru. Yeah, what's up, man? Not much, man. That 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 was my comment in 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 the uh, in the chat, man. With Kansas putting him at uh putting him at de, man. I keep him at defensive tackle, man. He he's a he he's he's the stud at defensive tackle. Don't sure if you put him at defensive end at strong side defensive end, where kind of in the NFL you starting to get better tackles. I think he wouldn't be as effective. And I don't compare him to Aaron Donald. Because I think people, uh, you know, I, to me, he's Grady Jarrett. Are you the tiny Grady a Jarrett? Little bit, <laughs> a little bit, a little hit me out. A little bit bigger, a little bit taller, Grady Jarrett. Huh? But because Grady is what five ten? No, sir. Not that I'm aware. Grady of. Jarrett. Grady Jarrett. Yeah, Grady Jarrett is about five ten. Grady Jarrett going about three. What three 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 oh five three ten? He's six one. Okay, yeah, two oh eight two ninety one. I thought he was bigger than I thought he was bigger yeah, than than three. No, no, no. Okay, so the NFL has him as NFL got him at six foot three oh five. So yeah, he's an inch taller than him, but he's about twenty four pounds lighter. Okay, uh, what, two eighty eight, two ninety? He got him listed, I believe, two eighty one, but yeah. Two eighty one, so I mean he's he, I mean, look, look forget the size measurables. I just think their play doesn't even, they don't even look, I don't know. That's an interesting comparison, but okay. Yeah, he's, to, as far as what I'm, what, I'm, what, what I'm comparing him is, the quickness in the hand moving to the inside, on the inside. Oh, well, that's how he, he wins. He's he going to win with quickness, for sure. Yeah, he, he just has those instincts. And I think if you slide him out of defensive end, in today's NFL, having to go against, better right tackles, I think he it'll limit his production, in my opinion. He'll be I mean, great have, against the run, but I just think against the pass, I don't think he'll be as effective if you keep him at that three-tack. Yeah, so when we was talking about it in the Illuminati chat, when you're talking about going against the pass rushers, we're talking about sliding him into three-tack during that situation. That was that was okay, our, okay, that was our okay, conversation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So you ain't say that. Okay, okay. Right. okay yeah, I probably okay, okay, I probably yeah. shouldn't left yeah. shouldn't have left that part. <laughs> but so so yeah, kind of yeah, looking yeah, at okay. it. Now, now I get it. Yeah, like how they doing D Law? Like like D Law is 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 not going to be 15 sack guy as a pass rusher, but you know what he's going to be? He's going to be a fantastic edge setter, run defender. He'll get pressures out there, but when he slides inside, that's where he has a mismatch in the pass uh rushing department. 
And that's why I was like, he could be a D law okay. replacement. That's only that's and I'm, again, I'm thinking outside the box. I ain't saying you got to do that. I was just thinking. I saw uh, Kansi mock to the Cowboys a lot, and I'm like, well, where where can I fit him in for the future? And I was just looking at it that way, so. Right behind Oath. I if you got those two guys, you set at three tick, and you find you a a a a, 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 a nose later on because you brought back Hankins. And you sit. You got a rotation now. You got two, three sure. picks that play similar, and you got two noses. You know, so I mean, I to me, because I don't know about Osa. I like Osa. I see the upside of Osa, but I need to see more from Osa Odigizua. I need to see his last game. I need to see more of that. What he did against San Francisco. I need to see more of that next year. Yeah, for I me feel to like... say, okay, yeah, bring him back. Well, well, yeah, he got a couple more years, but I feel like his his arrow is pointing up for sure. Uh, I thought he was better than he was his rookie year, and he was good his rookie year. Uh, you want to see more consistency with Osa, excuse me. You want to see more consistency, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously with Osa, and we kind of want to see can he can he gain some like star power? Can he can he that third year is can he stamp himself as you know a star of the defense because we haven't had that on the interior. Um, but look, yeah. there there are like a, there are a handful of dudes. From a pass rushy standpoint, because that's what Kansi's going to be, right? He's he's not going to be here to be a run guy. He's going to be here to be a guy to get after the passer. From a pass rush standpoint, yeah. that might not be starters right now, but because of Dan Quinn, I feel like he'd figure it out. Talking about Kansi, I'm talking about Nolan Smith, and I'm talking about Will McDonald. I feel like if you get any three of those dudes in the first round. Dan Quinn going to figure out a way to get them boys involved. He did the same thing with Sam Williams. Yeah, and, and Dan, see, Dan didn't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball that he has in Dallas. He didn't have that in Atlanta. Oh, hell no. So he, he, he kind of had to, you know, kind of had to try to jerry up stuff, you know, kind of mimic stuff, try, try to, you know, trick and fool you. Now he can just come out and just line up and say, hey, I got some guys that can come out to your ass. Yeah. Now I'm finna just set you up and we finna trick you. We finna do what we gotta do. But if I don't need to do all that, I can just line up, let them on, let them, let's go, and I'm finna come out to your ass. You know, and I think if he can get, I like I like McDonald a little bit over um, my guy out of UGA. He no. just, Nolan Smith, he had great measurables, but Nolan Smith just he got great. Me, he got great tape at Georgia. He got he. I don't know, man. He he was hyped more than his his effectiveness what? at Georgia to me wasn't as great over the four over the years that he was there. He may what? have had some great years, Guru. Prior, but I'm hey man, that, that's just me. I know, that, but that's just me. Um, let me explain to you why the production wasn't there because he played at Georgia. And if you go look at Georgia, they got a bunch of dudes, and they rotate them dudes. But when when Nolan was yep. out there, his tape is great. I don't think there was hype. Shit, the only person that was talking about Nolan Smith in the beginning of all this stuff was was Vach. That was it. And, and then all of a sudden, he ran fast at at the combine. Of course, everybody gets hype after the combine. But 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 Nolan Smith, in my opinion, wasn't getting all this. Top fifteen pick hype. Now he is because people see him run quick, but that's the tape didn't that's change. What I'm saying. The, the top fifteen hype. Yeah, the top fifteen hype. He's he's a but solid it, defensive end. 
But I, but, but I don't, I don't I, think the hype is. It, but see, see, there's a problem. We got to differentiate the hype. The hype from his combine shouldn't be because of the combine. There should be hype because of his tape. The tape is worthy of the hype, but he wasn't getting any until the combine. So it's it's kind of backwards. If he if he got the hype coming out from the you. tape, then then you got a point. But he didn't. I got you. I, I, I he just wasn't that guy to me at, with with Georgia, man. I, I, he just. He was more of a disappointment to me as far as everything that he did there. He was a solid player, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he's that guy, that guy that a lot of people think he might be in the NFL. And, he, and I couldn't be wrong, but I think Georgia has some more dudes that, um, especially one of Adam Anderson, he got in trouble. Like, he was going to be that guy. But uh, he ended up getting into trouble. But uh, Nolan was Nolan was solid, but I don't. Is so I don't you keep know. saying Nolan I, was I, solid. Was his tape solid or was his tape really good? Don't look he, at the production. He had solid tape. He oh. had solid tape. Oh, wow. I'm not gonna say he had he had really good tape. He had solid tape to me. That was just to me. I, I like I said, I could be wrong. I could be missing something. Man. I I need to go back and watch a little bit. But like tape, he didn't. Man always pop off the screen to me what you know because sports guru he didn't always pop off the screen that's quite literally what I, he that's did just to me <laughs> like i said that's just to me he didn't always pop off the screen to me uh, you know like to me georgia had georgia had those linebackers like the, the, the uh, championship that they won versus bama they was using linebackers to rush a lot more than they were their edge guys and it could be just a scheme that Kirby deployed. Like I said, it could be it could be me. I mean, he had some plays. He had some great plays, but I don't know if I I gotta see it. I I, yeah. I gotta see it from Nolan Smith. I gotta see it. Second Fair rounder, enough. I I take him in the second round all day, but first rounder, I don't know. There, hey, fair enough. We, that's that's the beauty of the draft, man. That's the beauty of the draft. We all have have our guys here and there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just me, though. That's that's. But I, you know, if I if, if I'm wrong, he come in and he's a dominant defensive end. He's a, he's a, you know, I'll still take I'll take him at that spot. But you know, yeah, I'm I don't not. Know if, so speaking for the Cowboys, I'm not asking any of these dudes to come in here. I don't think any of them will come in here and just be dominant defensive ends from day one. I think they all have specific talking about Kansi, talking about Nolan Smith, and talking about uh, uh, Will McDonald. They all have outstanding traits that I think Dan Quinn can absolutely mold and, and, and use as weapons uh, early on in their in their years. And then if they become yeah. starters, I think they could be really good under Dan Quinn. But uh, I think Nolan Smith is yeah. 100% in at, that category. At, yeah. At 26, I'll take him. But at, at top 10, top 15, nah, nah, nah. Fair enough. My man's. Yeah, I can care All less right, man, about that. To you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I can care less about where he, where he goes in the top 15. If he's in Dallas, I think he'll be fantastic, man. For sure. Yeah. My man. Appreciate the sports guru. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have left that part out about Collegiate Cancy when I was just look, we just throwing stuff and seeing what happens. It was it was slide him back in the side on, on uh passing downs. If he were to be out there. That's all. And, and again, we just don't stop at the wall. All right, two more. And let's get out of here. We are in overtime. Three, two, five. What up, though? What's up, Sky? My name is Daniel. I don't think I've called in before, but I've called in the Vach. Uh, love what y'all do. I just got Thanks, a man. couple points real quick. All right. 
Uh, you were talking about being nervous that the front office won't further address the defensive tackle position, and I fully agree because yeah. they still seem to undervalue the same position. They always have the, the defensive tackle and even safety. And the only reason safety is set is because they finally hit their point on, on safety roulette. And I will say I'm, I'm happy they made more effort to retain that group, and they have pleasantly surprised me. But to me, it's, it's just still a possibility that they don't make the necessary effort to keep the middle of the D-line strong in, uh, in multitudes. Uh, excuse me, I'm talking too fast. Hold on. It's all good. I, I think uh, having – I'll give you a, bre- a breath here. I, I think Dan Quinn is really our saving grace. Because because Dan Quinn, if you remember, I'm not sure how long you've been following, uh, but when we hired Dan Quinn a few years ago, there was two positions I talk about that Dan Quinn should uh, help Cowboys address that historically they haven't, and it was safety and defense to tackle. And what does he do year one? He goes out and gets Brent Urban, you know, a, a, a run-stopping defense to tackle slash five-tech that can be versatile. What does he do? He goes out and he, and he gets Malik Hooker, a former first-round pick, KZ, a guy who uh, had 10 interceptions at safety. J-Ron, he turned J-Ron into a guy. Now they're paying Donovan Wilson, you know, pretty good money uh, for safety money where the Cowboys haven't done that since, what, Barry Church? Uh, and then they they trade for Hankins. They draft Osa. They draft Big Country. So Dan Quinn is our, is our, is our, is our saving grace here that maybe they won't ignore it completely uh, and, and they'll address it, but maybe it'll be like day three because they haven't drafted a, one of those dudes early in a long, long time. Absolutely, and I can't believe we're on uh, year three of Dan Quinn. I thought he was going to be gone last year, but it's yeah. it's a blessing, man. Yes, it is. <laughs> the uh, we need to go out and get somebody else though. Uh, like somebody mentioned earlier, Ashawn Robinson, or hell, the Eagles got freaking uh, in Domicon Sue last year, and I thought he was going to give them you know half-ass effort, but he helped them like he made them look real good, even better. Yeah, if I would look right at Philly, right, and look what Philly did for the interior. It doesn't always have to be. One Jonathan Hankins type and one drafted guy. Man, throw a bunch of them dudes in there. Because if you look at the, the Cincinnati's of the worlds, the Phillies of the worlds, the, the uh, uh, hell, even I think Buffalo has a guy in the interior. I think at Oliver, maybe it is. Uh, Kansas City, um, you know, all these Super Bowl, you know, obviously Aaron Donald, all these Super Bowl contenders over the last half decade, Vita Vea, Super Bowl winners over the last half decade or participants, they've got a stout interior or they got a dude. One or the other. The Cowboys don't necessarily have a, a dude quite yet. So you got to throw a bunch of dudes in there or a bunch of, I, I, I can't say guys, but you got to throw a bunch of uh, able bodies in there. So if one guy's out, you're still able to replenish and be fine. So I would not stop at, at uh, Hankins at all. No, no, sir. After uh, watching this last 49ers game in the playoffs, it was night and day from the, the last year, the 2021, because – Hankins. We had the defensive effort yes. to win that game handily if our offense, you know, got into gear. Uh, of course, it was the 49ers defense, so that's a different story. But, you know, you just got to keep it up because it was honestly pretty cathartic seeing our defense shut that offense down. <laughs> Here we go, Lawson. Dudes by committee. There <laughs> we go. I like that one. Dudes by committee. Dudes by committee. And before I go, bro, I just got to say this. Uh, the last time I remember they went this hard to fix up the team, uh, for me, it was the Cooper trade. And I couldn't believe they gave a first-rounder for somebody. And I just remember how much life that team got after that. Yeah. It's like it's a it's a legitimate move to go get some dudes. And and Steven Even love, Steven Jones loves to remind us, well, y'all remember when I traded first round pick for for Mark Cooper, right? Yeah, Steven, that was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lifetime ago, Steven. Appreciate the call, I big appreciate dog. you. Peace. Yeah, and that was the problem, right? 
is that we often saw this front office be reactive way too much. Oh, let's go get, you know, Mari Cooper in the middle of the year. Let's go get Jonathan Hankins in the middle of the year. Let's go get Michael Bennett in the middle of the year. You do have to continue to add guys throughout the season, but those are easy type of moves you should have made prior because you know that that was a situation that needed addressed. You just, ah, damn it. We just had to see that it didn't work. Stop being reactive. And they stopped being reactive. They Actually, did they? <laughs> did they? I mean, we're not going to do this because I'm going to sound like Toxic Tom. Technically, they were reactive in getting Cooks and getting Gilmore. But at least they didn't wait to the season. I'll leave it at that because we're going to be happy about those moves. i just leave it at that. Uh, 208, send us out, man. Hello? Yes, sir. You are live. What up, Scott? What up, though? So I got I got two things, man. This is uh Jamal from the Greatness Podcast, brother. What's up, Jamal? The Greatness Podcast. I like that name. Yeah, I call in to you and about your show quite often, man. I'm the one that uh that, that's been battling the, the whole medical situation. But anyway, man, I have I remember, a I remember I have you, a, yeah. I have a theory, man. Um with Jalen Carter's legal situation being a thing. I have this feeling that this kid that this kid is gonna fall almost all the way out of the first round just because people are gonna. I, I honestly feel like these GMs are woke. Oh, they're afraid. They're afraid of character concerns, especially after the Deshaun Watson debacle in Houston. I, I I believe that a lot of I believe a lot of these owners are trying to save face when it comes to drafting the next first rounder who should possibly be the face of their franchise. Mm. And I have this fucking, or excuse my language, I have this feeling that Jalen Carter is going to be there in 26. If Jalen Carter is there at 26, do you see Dallas turning in that card? That's question one. If Jalen Carter is there at 26, will, will they turn in the card? Sir, they gonna fling yep, that card. They because they can't run. They can't run to the to the table fast enough. They gonna <laughs> fling that card. They gonna put it on the slingshot. Slingshot that thing up there. What? Yes, Jalen. Car- I'm serious. I don't think I'm he's serious, making it to bro. the twenty six, fam. I don't think so. But it's like in my mind. It's a theory, bro. With the yeah. way these owners have been cautious over the last. I guess you could say the last two drafts with uh, draft would stand away from players in the first round with true character concerns. Mm. If you look at Kelvin Joseph, if you look at Kelvin Joseph, he's, people had um, some people had him graded first round, some people had him graded second round. Hey, but the reason he fell, hey, bro, KJ, little, little boss man, fat wasn't one of the best players in the draft. Like he wasn't one, two in the draft, and consensus one. In the draft, that's a whole different story. You know what I'm saying? I get that, but what I'm saying is, is he was a first, he was graded a first round talent, and people stayed away from him in that in the latter part of the first round because of those character concerns. I I don't want to wish that I don't want to wish that upon Jalen Carter, but I just have this feeling that luck is going to fall our way one way or the other with either Bijan or that guy because there's only. I've only graded seven players in this draft, in my opinion, that are really 
that guy mm. in the first round. The rest of these guys are second-round picks. Mm. The second question that I have for you is, um, do you see Cody Mock as a first-round talent or a second-round talent? And do, you, and do would you draft him in the, in the second round if Dallas had that option? I, I don't see him as a first-round talent. Uh, seeing more of a day-two guy. And I don't even know if I'd go second-round talent. Like I feel like, like when we talk about the talent of, of Cody Mock, I feel like it's, it's, it's good, but it's hard to, to, to judge because of where he played you know, at that position. So I feel like, unfortunately, you kind of got to knock him just a little bit. But it, it's his heart. It's his mentality. It's his fight that I, I wouldn't have a problem taking Cody Mock um, probably the latter part of day two uh, of, of the draft. But, again, I have him below the Avilas and, and Torrances of the worlds. So I don't think he is a second-round talent, but but maybe he goes second-round because people like that he's a, he's a fighter, he's physical, he's a tough guy, and he can translate into guard probably fairly easily. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. What you think about that extension? Think it happens before the season? That's a good question, man. I, I really want to have a real, real answer for you. Uh, I want to reach out. I think it should. If it doesn't, I'll be telling. All right, brother. You have a blessed day, man, and I appreciate you and Bob telling. Have a good day as well. You have a good day, man, and you can you continue to keep fighting, man. Thank you, brother. Yep, salute. Boy, look. Jalen Carter is available at 26, man. I'm going to be a happy camper. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> be a happy camper. Are you kidding me? It ain't happening, though. It ain't happening, Cowboys Nation. Um, But but what he's saying, though, is, is the Kelvin Joseph. I just don't think Kelvin Joseph is quite nearly as good as Jalen Carter. I think, look, yeah, Kelvin Joseph had that talent. But I do think there were other red flags. Only played 15 games in college. The whole transfer situation. He had issues with the coaches. There was a does he love football side to things. Does he want to be a rapper more than he wants to be a football player? I think there was a lot more concerns with him than Jalen Carter, believe it or not. And I know I might knock somebody lost their life um, in in the the accident that happened. Uh, But Jalen Carter, that was a, a real accident. Where Jalen Carter on the football field in the football room uh, doesn't seem to be too many uh, concerns. From your mouth, though, to the football guy's ears, let him fall. All right, let's get to these uh, super chats. Yeah, Trey, he did make a play on special teams. KJ did. Hopefully, that that triggers something in him. Moving forward, because we don't want our second round cornerback to be cornerback six in a special team. So, you know, hopefully that's a something positive that, that that gets him to step up. But I'm looking at Kelvin Joseph as if he does not even exist in the defensive back room because he was not good. I mean, he was he was bad, bad. All right, let's do this. We are at the 30th or we got three. I think I got A.A. Ross. No, no, no. I got I got toe boat ties. All right. Let's get OMG is BJ and then AA Ron. Super chat. OMG is BJ said 
what soundboard program do you use always have fire drops appreciate you omg it's bj uh i have the rodecaster pro 2 i got the second one i also have the first one that i use for when we go and do our remote so that's what i have here if you are looking to get into the podcasting game you would you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you did not get the rodecaster pro it is an all-in-one thing you can eliminate all the stuff that you used to have to have to connect to your computer this bad boy is a beast uh a aaron see i forget you this time super chat he says i specifically don't want a guard at 26 so that they have to start terrence Steele with hank and oh gosh with hank and signing they can draft any position will mcdonald please oh you you push you should put toxic a aaron in front of you because i'm guessing you being toxic here you don't want to draft a guard so they start terrence Steele. Or are you serious here? Like you want Terrence still to be a guard? Hey, hey Ron, talk to me, man. Before I get out of here, please talk to me. <laughs> DJ. Let's be nice. Let's be nice. Yeah. Let's be nice. We don't have to go there. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. You're not wrong. But DJ. <laughs> boss man special teams hey, hey ron you need to come on back in here sir i need to know if you're serious about this we're not going to do this nah toxic they will shut you down come on with it come on with it man i uh shout out to my guy mel and you know i've been talking about this for for so many times he wants me to he hit me up the other day and he wants me to kind of put together uh what do you call it class or whatever a class or what have you to to do this to to like help and teach and i've been wanting to do this This before i even got on with a to z i talked about this back in harrisburg when i was back in pennsylvania i kind of wanted to put on uh some type of i don't know what to call it man class guide something about um live stream really but i wanted to be more specific there's a bunch of how to live stream I, i learned from live streaming pros right but there's really not nothing from a sports live stream aspect that anybody really teaches us. We kind of just got to learn on our own and, and, and you still got to learn on your own. Right. But there was no one that really was like do X, Y, Z or uh, you know, lean into this or less of that. I just kind of figured out what worked, what didn't work, what looked good, what didn't look good, what sounded good and just went from there, man. But I would love to help other people out, you know, but in a in a in a convenient way. And what happened was eventually I got this position and got the volume and time just I ain't got time. But I do want to find time to do that because, man, look, everybody has a voice. Everybody wants to express their voice, their opinions. Um, that's not always a good thing. But if you're going to do it, at least, you know, make it look good, sound good, presentable and, and have it to where I think personally you can engage with your fans. That was the number one thing I wanted to make sure I was able to do was engage with you guys with our opinions um, and make y'all part of this. Not like I'm just going to say whatever and, and y'all secondary to everything. Nah, y'all part of this thing. Y'all part of this thing. Salute L. Look, man, we hoping. Super chat. He said, just found some funds for number 10 on the Whataburger menu. Salute. Hashtag studio 2023. All right, look, we're going to get up out of here. I'll see y'all later on Vach's show. Vach and Barty live on the volume. Make sure y'all come through. Volume 316, basically. And then Mo, it'll be back on A to Z Sports Primetime. Check them out.
hit up a to z sports dallas.com and follow me on twitter at skywalker steel with that said press this button Boy, look, I just got a notification. I saw D and then Hop and then another D, Andre. I thought it was D, Hop, and Dallas. Where's about to hurt? <laughs> Stop this thing, man. All right, man, I'll see y'all later. We out of here.